Welcome to the Sonic Collective's review of the Black Crows, the Southern Harmony and Musical Companion. This is our pick for March 2018, and we have all four of us together this month Ooh. for the review. This is Scott Coates in Bangkok, Thailand. And in Calgary, Alberta, we have... Scott Gregory. Alan Dupuy. And Darren Scott. All right, all right, all right. Well, guys, uh, rather than me start it, I'm going to just randomly throw it to one of you to hear your opinion. So, Alan, what did you think of this uh, album? So initially, when I found out we were uh, going to review the Black Crows, I was a little, little disappointed, and that's because their uh, their two singles from the previous album, "Hard to Handle" and "She Talks to Angels," just get a ton of radio play here, and like it's overplayed. So right off the bat, I was kind of concerned, um, but happily, this album really didn't disappoint. Uh, despite the fact that uh, Southern Harmony and Musical Companion spawned something like four number one hits, I don't think I heard any of them on the radio before. So I didn't really... He didn't really. He didn't really. He didn't really he's cutting. Talk to us about no, he's cutting out. That's strange because I remember hearing Remedy a lot on the radio. I think I didn't hear much from any of the other ones on this, but uh, definitely Remedy, Remedy I remember getting a significant amount of airplay for a while there. Yeah, it is a funny one there. He said four singles, but yeah, there was, I don't think there's any massive standouts. Like if you ask the average person who even knows about Black Crows, I bet you they can't really tell you a single off this album. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. And I listen to the radio quite a bit, Mm. you know, and I just, I don't, I don't recall having ever heard any of those. So, um, yeah, it was weird. But anyway, I really liked the album as a whole. Um, getting to know the band, getting to find out like where they're from and stuff, you kind of hear the southernness of it, like they're from Georgia, and I, I really appreciate the variety of uh, instrumentation they employ throughout the album. You've got the usual guitar, drums, bass, call. Well, it's cutting out again. Oh. Well, we'll just keep going. Like he'll he'll. All right. We're having some technical difficulties, but Alan will hop back in here. Um, Yeah, I think you're talking about the genre. One thing I found with it is that, what I think is a good thing, is that it was really hard to describe. I mean, I was almost like it's got a little like rock, blues, country, gospel, soul. I almost get like Janis Joplin kind of rocky uh, on the 70s feel. And and then right down to like, I just picture a guy and like somebody blowing in a jug and the guy with, you know, the the twanger string and the the broom to the to the pan, you know. It's kind of got all that in there, but uh, great guitars too. Yeah. Well, and I was surprised because based off the singles you hear on the radio and stuff like that, I've always built this mental image of them just being this really guitar heavy rocking out kind of band. And it had been a long time since I'd heard this album and it it was weird, right? Like sting me. The first one uh, out of the gate has a lot of organ work into it. And I was like, Holy crap. It reminded me of um, since when by 5440, where it's just got that really kind of plinky, organ work and stuff and and it really took me off guard and as you got deeper into it and like you said there's those blues influences and then they really slow it down and stuff uh 
Yeah, so just, I re- to had to reevaluate. To jump in on the piano and organ parts, that was a, a studio, then a studio guy, but former Almond brother, Chuck Le- uh, Levell is his name. Levell. Really? Yeah. yeah, so he was one of the Almond brothers. And then you know, obviously uh, they were disbanded, and so he'd just been doing studio work. But they didn't actually have that in the band. And then when it got so big, they had to hire somebody else. It wasn't him that toured uh, to tour with them to play those parts because wow. it stood out so much. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. I have no idea. Good. Uh, good research there, Darren. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about uh, How about you? What were your impressions of the album, Darren? Uh, you know, so I, I mean, I, I was always a Black Crows fan. I, I did like the Shake Your Money Maker is the album that Alan's talking about. The first album that was the big, uh, the big release oh, and the break. And it's funny, and it's happened a few times in his reviews. We've come back to producers too, but uh, it was Rick Rubin that signed uh, these guys to his. Uh, they're not Def Jam, Def something. It's an really? offshoot of that, yeah. Oh. So Rick, yeah, Rick Rubin really kind of launched these guys too. So, you know, of Beastie Boys fame, and you know, he's done so many other things. Everything, yeah, yeah everything. everything. Every name and artist, <laughs> he probably had something new. Johnny Cash, um, yeah. but uh, uh, you know, so I mean, I really liked that. I, I, I really liked the first album. I thought it was it's a lot more fun and playful, and maybe poppy. And this one, you know, I'd kind of forgotten about how good it was, and then. When you picked it, I was like, oh, I know I, I like the album because I listened to it, but I really liked it. It was well done. Like, it just, I thought, like, every song was solid. I don't think there's a stinker on there. I wouldn't say. I think they're all pretty good. I, thought, I think it just, like, the vocals and the guitar. And, and this is the first uh, with the new lead guitarist as well. Uh, Mark Ford was his name. And Jeff Cease was the old guy. He got kicked out. They were known for going through band members all the time, so... Still, yeah. So it was kind of like where they got Mark Ford on guitar, and then they got the Almond Brother. It just kind of all came together. It was a, it was just like a solid release. Absolutely love yourself. You know, Thorn in My Pride probably is my favorite song. I definitely love that. Good one. What yeah. I find interesting about this album is usually it's the second album that bands end up doing covers on because they had their first great album. And then they don't have enough material. So I feel like the Black Crows went opposite, right? Their first album, they did the cover of Hard to Handle, and it was a little poppier. Whereas this one, to me, is the far superior album, the Southern Harmony and Musical Companion, the second album. And it's usually the opposite. And I, I really, man, every time I listen to this album, I just picture sitting around a campfire with a group of buddies. And Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, and to 100%. me, it completely fits the album as a whole concept that, I've brought up probably far too many times on these reviews is that, I mean, it kicks in with Sting Me with a good rocker and remedy kind of, and then it sort of like slows it down, Thorn in My Pride and Bad Luck Blue Eyes kind of, it's just like, you know, going to get another beer around the campfire, taking a leak in the woods, come back, sit down, <laughs> then Hotel Illness kicks in, like it's sort of rocking again. And then you're like, harmonica, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and then like, I don't really like Time Will Tell, the final song, it's all right, but it, it does completely wind down the campfire session. So yeah, yeah. really like, I do listen. I've had Hotel Illness on a playlist, like kind of a running playlist for a long time. And Sting Me and Remedy are good on its own. But this to me is one of those ones, again, where as an album, it's way better because it just, it flows. It rocks. It slows yeah. down. And yeah, it, it, I, I think it's a fantastic album. I really, really think of old Stones when I listen to this. Like I think of, yeah, 70s Stones albums, it sounds like to me. I've listened to pretty much all the Black Crow stuff. I think this is by far their, the best thing they ever did. And uh, it is interesting that their biggest singles didn't come from this. But, 
yeah, I think it's a solid, solid uh, album. And you're going back to 92 on this one. So, geez, it makes me feel old. We're talking 26 years already. But uh, I think it's an amazing kind of real 70s feel to it to me. Uh, like you said, Darren, I don't think there's a weak track on the thing. Uh, mm. Hotel Illness is probably the rocker that really does it for me. Yeah, I, I love mm. it. Mm-hmm. I really liked it best when they slowed it down, though, right? Like Chris Robinson, he's got that really cutting voice that, you know, when he wants to really kind of start riffing on it, it can really, it feels a little too sharp sometimes. Uh, but when you slow it down, like Bad Luck Blue Eyes and stuff like that, and Thorn in My Pride is my favorite out of all this, it it gets this, instead of like a cutting feel to it, it's more of like this melancholy, yearning kind of vibe that I think resonates a little bit better. I like it when he goes bluesy and, and more yeah. than when he's rocking and stuff like that. Did anyone else get sort of a John Fogarty vibe from his voice? Nope. Oh, yeah. Well, similar. Yeah, I, I see where that's coming from. Yeah. 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 Swamp, swampy blues. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, that Black Moon Creeping song was yeah. pretty swampy. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that that one I kind of liked, sorry, because one of the things that annoyed me, and this caught me off guard, was the backing vocals when he's kind of playing counterpoint to it all the time and they're answering back to him and it feels like they're, they're really just in there to kind of break up his singing and stuff like that. And it wasn't until... Uh, Black Moon Creeping, where they're harmonizing with them and stuff like that, that, that it kind of brings me back around. But that's a really minor thing. It was just, it, it annoyed me a little bit, and I, it really caught me off guard because I usually like a, a really good backing vocal. So. Yeah, he's yeah, he, he's one of those epic voices. It's too, it, These guys always kind of remind me, not quite on the scale of feuds of Oasis, but like the two Robinson <laughs> brothers in this band, like they've continually fought they're friends, they're not friends, and other members of the band. I know that right now Chris Robinson has a band, and he's touring. I have a friend in America that saw them. But then he's got another band that's about to come out again that's something like As the Crow Flies, and they're going to play Black Crow songs, and it's like 80% of the guys from the Crows. So it's kind of one of those bands that just couldn't seem... They kept it together for a few albums, but yeah, there's there's got to be some weird personalities in that band because they just could never kind of hold the original lineup together. Yeah, weird. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story and, and my beef with the Black Crows, and I'm actually going to deduct a half a point. <gasps> is this the crappy that, concert in Calgary? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> the crappy concert in Calgary, man. We went, and I, I can't remember if it was, it was probably right when they got back together or maybe just before they split up. It was, anyway, and we went, and, and mind you, it was advertised as something they were doing this like concept and uh, playing uh, these different types of songs with these other bands. But they they also played by themselves for a bit. You never saw like there was that was full of AWCs, man. The whole thing, like it, it, like angry white Canadians, like they did not <laughs> play one of their hits. I think in the end they ended up playing. I can't even remember which one it was. I was so mad. But it was like yeah, it wasn't like it was horrible music, but it was not music anybody knew. And like you're the Black Crows, you got to bang out a couple of your hits when you're playing a, a big concert, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, so I, I, I'm going to fault them for that. I was a little disappointed that one time. That one, I did see the. 
If you're charging A-side dollars for your tickets, you better play those A-side yeah. songs. <laughs> yeah. There yeah, was yeah. a lot of people mad that night. <laughs> I didn't make it to that concert, but I heard about it. I, I know lots of people went. Everyone commented how pissed they were. Well, why don't we uh, get to some ratings? Uh, Darren, what, how are you going to rate this? Well, like thing? I said, I got, I'm going to deduct them for that crappy concert just because. Um, <laughs> but I, I love them. I, I mean, I think Chris Robinson's voice and uh, the musicians that have played with them are awesome. And just the, the fusion of styles they put together, awesome. I, I would have given it a five, but I'm going to go 4.5 because of that stupid concert. Okay. Gentlemen, who's next? Uh, I'll step up. And I just wanted to mention that I'm going to give them a little bit of credit because if you look at 92 and what was going on there, you had Rage Against the Machine uh, put out Rage Against the Machine, Tori Amos, a Little Earthquake, REM had Automatic for the People out, Social Distortion Ooh. was somewhere between Heaven and Hell, and Stone Temple Pilots uh, came out with Core. There was just such a wealth of music across the gamut that uh, yeah their their album to stand out like it has over time uh, really impresses me so for the kind of the same reasons as Darren there's a lot of musical variety as far as the instruments the the lyrics are great it's got a bluesy feel to it it rocks out uh, I'm not really going to deduct anything because of the the backing vocals thing that's taste and not anything else right in the moment so i'm probably going to give it um i'll give it a four and a half as well nice yeah good one alan Uh oh okay so we've got two alans oh i'm here sorry oh hey having network issues i just logged in on my phone (laughs) who's uh who's your internet service provider so that we can make sure that that they're shaw communication what Dropping the ball. Screw those My guys. My apologies there. Yeah. Uh, so I missed. I missed like half of your. That's all right. Your, your uh, rating will not be influenced. So what ratings we would you give this? We were uh, doxing you. Well, my rating, I would have to say, is a four and a half. I really, really like this album. Um, I I'm a big fan of '90s music, as I'm sure I've said many, many times. And some of the songs brought me back to like the Wallflowers. I got some. My Mother Earth vibes in there, you know, like just just 90s stuff that I really dig. So um, like I mentioned before, I I didn't come into this review with high expectations. So I'm I'm really glad to uh, to have kind of explored it. Yeah. So four and a half out of five for sure. And anyone. Yeah. Anyone who likes 90s rock, I would I would suggest giving it a go. And I think the uh, the comparison to a campfire album is totally on point. Hmm. Yeah, well, like Rocky, Rocky Blues, like I think anything like the Stones, anything like that. Rocky Blues, if you like that, I think you'd, you'd love the Crows. If you yeah, like for yeah. sure. Or even if if you're a CCR fan, like if you yeah. like Swamp Rock, uh, yeah. definitely an album to explore. Yeah, absolutely. So, so '90s rock. It's funny. I, I thought '90s rock sounds new in my head, but you know, yeah. '90s rock again. This album's 26 years old. Uh-huh. Um, wow. The other bands you mentioned, Scott, that had albums around this time, like REM and Rage Against the Machine. Um, I give it fives all around. I give it five as an album. I give five for influencing my taste because I remember listening to this years after it came out and it kind of got me more into 70s rock. I always think of Exile on Main Street by the Stones. I don't know why I think the two tie in. So to me, I'd really recommend it to someone on a 5A for kind of 90s rock, but also if you want to find some bridges for bands that I think were influenced by 70s music, 
think of the listen to the exile on main street by the stones and then listen to this so yeah i give it just fives all around i think it's a solid uh rock album i miss having rock albums this good i don't feel like we get them so much anymore um yeah i loved it so i'm glad you guys did and uh alan i guess it's your pick next time right yeah for sure um and it's coming out on April 1st, so awesome! Uh-huh. I, I guess I can I can troll you guys with an April Fool's. All we can say <laughs> is Justin Bieber's first album is now over uh, five years old. This awesome. is true. This is true. Um, and I know Scott's a big fan of Celine Dion. So I am. I am. Well, I was we'll playing see. pool here in Bangkok the other week, and all they played was slow songs and strangely Canadian ones. It was Brian Adams, it was Celine Dion, there was Alanis oh. Morissette. It was just a Canadian power ballad like a playlist. <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, yeah. this is great. I look forward to hearing your pick, Alan. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for this review of the Black Crows. And uh, until April, keep on rocking. Show me how the sun shines. Tell me about your heartache